Hello, my friends. Welcome back to the Northfield Podcast. I'm your host, Caleb Gordon. Thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule. Excited to be here with you all this evening. Wanted to tackle a topic tonight that I felt was important because there's been a lot of pushback, especially in the SBC world. There's been some some insanity in regards to the idea of female pastors. And I wanted to talk about from a biblical worldview. <laughs> and listen, I know that this is a this is a tough subject to hit in the culture today because there's so many people that are just deciding to ignore the scriptures and run headlong into the idea that women should be allowed to hold the office of pastor. And I, I struggle with this topic just simply because the scripture is pretty clear in regards to how um, or who should be specifically holding the office of elder or teacher or bishop or um, pastor. And, and so I wanted to look at this um, uh, from the biblical worldview. So if you look in First Timothy chapter 2. Uh, this is where um, the idea of what a woman is expected to do in the church um, comes from. So First Timothy chapter 2, starting in verse 8. I desire then that in every place the men should pray, lifting holy hands without anger or quarreling. Likewise, also, that women should adorn themselves in a respectable apparel and with modesty, self-control, not with braided hair and with gold or pearls or costly attire, but with the proper what what is proper for a woman who professes godliness with good works. And this, so the idea here is this is the order of how things should happen inside of the church, how things should look. Uh, men specifically should pray, lifting holy hands without anger. Don't be angry. Don't be quarrelsome. Uh, likewise, women should adorn themselves in a respectable apparel with modesty and self-control. Now, what tip? There are some groups who believe that they take this to this to the nth degree and say that women should not braid their hair or wear gold pearls or any type of jewelry. They shouldn't put on makeup. Um, I've actually got my wife right here next to me, and so I'm going to ask my wife, Jamie, you're here. Is it wrong for a woman to wear jewelry? Is it sinful? From you, just, just from you and I having the conversations we've had, reading the text and understanding what we've studied together, would you say that having jewelry, having makeup on, is it sinful? No, it's not. Why is it not? Because the scripture doesn't say that it is. Now, people will say, this text does say that it is wicked, that it is sinful. And this is where you have to, you have to really dig into the text. The idea here is that, that women should, what? They should come in with modesty. Don't come in gaudy. Don't come in sensually, I mean, in, in the text, if you know historically, 
women were coming into church dressed immodestly and were showing off things that they shouldn't show off during the worship service. And there was a there is a specific thing here that says, listen, you, you need to have men who aren't angry and ready to fight in the worship center, and you need to have women who are dressed modestly and who are not wanting to look like prostitutes during the worship service. And they were furthermore having women that were trying to step up and be pastors. So Timothy says here, or Paul says to Timothy, let a woman learn quietly with all submissiveness. I do not permit a woman to teach or to exercise authority over a man. Rather, she is to remain quiet. Now, Jamie, when you hear that text, does it cause in you a bristling? Okay, let's let's rewind. Twenty years ago, would this have caused bristling? Oh yes, absolutely. Why would it have caused bristling in you twenty years because ago? Because I didn't understand. What didn't you understand? I didn't understand uh, what it was saying. I didn't understand that why God would have um, men over us or quote unquote over us or yeah, over us is that's not yeah, that's not there's yeah, nothing wrong so, with that. So. Really, I don't want the man's job. There's a lot on your shoulders, and that's to protect and to lead out. And now, does that mean you can't study the Bible on your own? No. Okay. okay. Do you study your the scriptures on your own? Yes. Okay. All right. I'm just checking. Yeah. You don't need my permission to open the Bible and study it. That's not what we're. That's not what this text is saying. No. What this is saying specifically is women are not permitted to teach or to exercise authority in the church. Rather, she is to remain quiet. She's not to have this. And you say, well, why is that, Caleb? Well, look at verse 13 of 1 Timothy chapter 2. For Adam was formed first, then Eve, and Adam was not deceived, but the woman was deceived and because, or I'm sorry, and became a transgressor. Yet she will be saved through childbearing if they continue in faith and love and holiness with self-control. So what happened here? The snake, the serpent, Satan, came to Eve outside of the protection of the man. Now, I know the man was present, but Eve had a conversation with the snake and was tempted and was deceived and transgressed God's command first. So this is why she's not allowed to be in any position of authority because she sinned first. Now, I understand that man was with her, that Adam was with her. And listen, he's been paying for that. Now, what's, what's if you remember... Genesis chapter 3, God tells Eve her desire is going to be to be over a man in every aspect. In the home, she wants to be in charge. Now, Jamie, you're here. Are there moments, and I know that the, the right answer is, oh, no, honey, I, I never want to be a, you know in charge at the home. I never want to have any moments where I'm, you know, rear my authority or I try to try to buck your authority I know that's the the right answer for the podcast but 
are there moments where you want to be in charge? Yeah. Why? Well, first of all, it's in our nature to be in charge. Or you want or that, that you want to be in charge. Yes. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I do. But it also, because of the way you lead and because of the way you are with your family, <clears throat> I feel comfortable enough to let you have the final say because you ultimately what's want what's best for me and for the kids and you've always made good decisions and right decisions so this gets a little tricky whenever there's women that are being abused or whatever and now so, yeah i'm not talking about abuse right if there's abuse in the home that's a different story ladies get out of the house get authorities involved if there's abuse if a man's putting his hands on you or even psychologically or psychologically yeah. absolutely if he's berating you verbally absolutely get you better get some authorities involved and this this is once again why the church is important active church discipline should be in place for men who are abusing women uh, absolutely but in, in a in a structured environment women want to be in charge because this is what's put in them at the with, with the with the fall, Genesis chapter three, um, God tells the man um, and woman here what's going to happen, and He says to the woman, um, real specifically, "What is this that you have done?" The woman said, "It's the serpent who deceived me," and then He they go through the blame game. Adam, Eve says, "It's the serpent," and. The, then Adam blames the woman and they all, you know, they're just pointing fingers. They're just fight, 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 back and forth, back and forth. So this is what God says to the woman in Genesis chapter 3. I surely will multiply your pain and childbearing. So that there was a point in which childbearing didn't hurt, honey. I know, I can't there, Like there's no, no pain in childbirth. And so now there's going to be pain in this. Your desire shall be contrary to your husband's. So in other words, you're going to want to rule your husband. You're going to want to be in charge of him. You're going to want to have the final say. And listen, you and I know people that have marriages where the woman is quote unquote wears the pants in the family. And it's exhausting to watch. And, and it is it is un biblical that a woman be in charge but her desire what does the scripture say yeah but if you don't have a loving man that's willing to lead gently and talk to her about that then even and i will passive men I, I don't disagree but i'll even go a step further in that even if he's lost the scripture tells the woman don't berate your husband right don't try to run the house it's fact, in fact, the scripture says, live in a peaceable, quiet, submissive spirit so that your husband would be one. Right. By right? Your, by your by action, your by your conduct. Witness, yeah. So, the desire is to be contrary to your husband, but he shall rule over you. Now, people say, well, I don't like that idea of ruling over. Listen, God put the, the authoritative structure in place. And I know that people do not like this. They don't like the structure of 
a man being in charge. They don't like the structure of a woman being submissive. And, and we try to have this, this cultural weird thing that happens in the world today where, well, we just need to submit to one another. No, what, we ne- what needs to happen is men love your wives as Christ loved the church. You're going to live sacrificially. And honestly, ladies, um, uh, your husband has more responsibility on his shoulders. God is going to require more of me than my wife. Period. Ladies, yeah. I'm, can I get an amen, honey? Nope, I don't want that on my shoulders. That's that's coming. So, so according to First Timothy chapter two, ladies are not allowed to preach. They're just not. That's not because they're second class citizens, but this is just the structure of how God has things in His church. He wants men to lead the church. He does not want women. He, in fact, Titus gives the qualifications for an elder. Of what it should be. Um, Titus chapter 1 um, specifically says that that it is the job of a man. He, he is a man. For an overseer as God's steward must be above report, reproach. He must not be arrogant or quick-tempered or a drunkard or violent or greedy or for greedy gain. Now, this is this affects certain men too. Men, if you're greedy, you get drunk, you don't you don't qualify as an elder. If you've got a quick temper, you don't you don't have you don't qualify as an elder. What is he supposed to be? But hospitable, a lover of good, self-controlled, upright, holy, and disciplined. He must hold firm to the trustworthy word as taught so that he may be able to give instructions in sound doctrine and also to rebuke those who contradict that sound doctrine. So this is a specific word for men, not for women. This is this. So you say, well, what are we, what are women supposed to do? I'm glad you ask. I'm glad you ask, honey. Um, here's Titus chapter two. But as for you, teach what accords with sound doctrine. Older men are to be sober-minded, dignified, self-controlled, sound in faith and love, and in steadfastness. Older women, likewise, be reverent in behavior, not slanderous or slaves to much wine. They are to teach what is good and train the young women to love their husbands and their children and to be self-controlled, pure, working at home, kind, and submissive to their own husbands, that the word of God may not be reviled. That's what a woman should be teaching. That's specifically, and, and we live in a culture that is upside down. American Christianity is upside down from the Bible. And it's, it's, it's wrong. And when women, well, okay, we'll start here. When men abdicate or hand over their role as the authority in the home, in the church, there's massive confusion. Because women, by their nature, they do want to be led, especially, especially Christian women, want to be led by a godly man. Am I wrong there, honey? Nope. No, a woman, as a Christian, wants to be led. Now she's now 
do you have to war against your sin nature sometimes to be try to be in charge? Mm-hmm. So that's the truth. Like, like she has to war against that, but she knows that if she follows my lead, things go well in the home. Now, um, one of the things that you're you're seeing in the world today is that that men and women have switched roles. And so when a man abdicates his role to the woman, there's confusion in the home. And when a woman attempts to steal the authority, when she t- attempts to do a mutiny to take the authority, there's absolute chaos in the home. There's, there's infighting, there's arguing, there's bickering, there's all kinds of problematic issues. So this, this happens in the church. A church that's run by a woman, a denomination that's run by a woman, is in direct violation of God's word, and there will be chaos and confusion that ensue in those churches. If you look whenever a woman is in charge in a church, typically what happens is there is um, more infighting, there's more gossiping, there's more um, uh, envious things that take place, because, Jamie, help me out here, are... Women typically more apt to uh, try to cut one another down. Yeah, sadly so. I, I mean, yes, and it's not. It's just sometimes what women do. Why do you think that is? Because we get jealous, or we get, and and now that I've been born again and have grown in the Lord I'm I'm not that woman I'm not but there was a time especially before Jesus where I was as a young adult woman and so yeah would you get were there times where you would my mom always used to say for some reason most women struggle to have more than one friend if they have if there's a group of girls together they typically yeah. um, pit one another against each other. Yes, especially younger girls. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah. But, man, we, we saw that in our own daughter when she was younger in um, relationships that she had with certain girls. They would, if, if there was more than two of them in a room together, they'd pit one another against each other. And we'd had to try to talk Hannah off ledges and things of that nature. And it's, I find that interesting um, it, it, with, with uh, the female gender. I, I find that interesting. Yeah. She, um, they, always, they always made nice at the end, I know. Right, but they always made nice at the end, but yes. There was, there was that infighting. But that's because they were raised by parents that yeah. you know, taught them and so that, I mean, that was one of the things where older women, there's Titus chapter two, older women likewise are to be reverent in behavior and not slanderous. So God gives direction here. Don't be slanderous. Don't be slaves to much wine. They are to teach what is good. Well, I was trying to think of a, in scripture um, proof or like an example of women. Um, and, and it goes back to even think about Sarah. Mm-hmm. And Abram. Yeah. Sarah wanted. Sarah thought oh, God comes to Sarah directly, and uh, and, uh, and she tries to lead out. Or actually, no, I'm sorry. God comes to Abraham. Yeah, Abraham, 
and Sarah tries to lead out and make her own way. And she gets him to go along with her plan. It wasn't his plan. It was her plan. I mean, could you imagine that? If And go sleep with her handmaid or sleep, servant or whatever. Goes, I mean, well, if you walked in here today, I mean, this is just, bring this into 2023. We're old. Let's say we're old. And God says to you, Jamie, listen, you're going to have a baby. And you're like, listen, I'm, I'm in my 80s. I'm not having a baby. There ain't no way. So go sleep with so, my So hey, hey, baby doll, go in here with you. I got, I've got it. The, our maid is here. I want you to go sleep with our maid, and we'll get a baby that way. Could, I mean, yeah. So then he goes along with her lead. Yeah, he instead of leading out, and he doesn't then, lead. And then look what happened: jealousy between two women. She, two women, because when she finally does get pregnant, does get pregnant, and has a baby. And those repercussions are still man, being manifested in today's world between the Jews and the Palestinians. Yep. To this very, not just the Palestinians, the, the Jews and the Arab races. It's like the Hatfields and McCoys. It's like, the, <laughs> it's like a Hatfields and McCoys on a massive scale. Um, why? Because a woman attempts to overthrow God's word. And so anytime you have a church that has a woman that is pastoring or in the elder role, they are in direct violation of what God's word says. God's word gives us a very specific, um, very specific understanding of what we're supposed to do. And the idea of what elders, the qualification for elders is that there be men who do these things, not, not a woman. And, and, why? Well, God tells us because she was she was deceived in the beginning. So, well, that's not fair, Caleb. Well, take well, that the, up. At the end of the yeah, at the end of the day, whether you like it or not, especially if you're a believer, you have to start conforming yourself to the Word. You don't conform the Word to fit your. If anybody's wrong, it's going to be you. It's never going to be God. Yeah, absolutely. You have to be conformed to. God's word. You don't conform the word of God to your life. Right. Absolutely. All right, we're going to take just a break for a second um, to hear a word from our sponsors, and we'll be right back. The world is an unpredictable place and sometimes can be unstable. We never know what might be coming down the pike. Don't let insurance be the thing that keeps you up at night. Let Scott Gillette and the professionals at Farmers Insurance handle all of the unknowns for you. Scott and his team have all the answers you're looking for when it comes to having proper insurance coverage that won't break the bank. Give him a call today at 918-336-7770 or swing by 1725 Southeast Washington Boulevard, Suite B in Bartlesville, Oklahoma today and have a face-to-face conversation with Scott. All right, we're back. Welcome back to the Northfield Podcast. So excited you're here. So we're talking about qualifications for pastoring. And according to the text, according and this is so just so you guys know, I believe the Bible. And I've got my wife in the studio with us this evening, and we're talking about um, the role of women in the church. Now, According to Titus, can women teach? Well, if you read the text, according to Titus chapter 2, older women are called to teach younger women. So if there's a women's Bible study going on, and I know that there are certain groups of people that say that men shouldn't teach women's Bible studies. 
or I'm sorry, that men should be the only ones that teach women's Bible studies. I don't adhere to that because the scripture gives us specific information here. Women can teach other women. Now, what's the specific idea here? Are we in terms of are we are women to get together in their in their women's Bible study groups and talk about how they can overthrow the pastor and be pastors? No. Women's roles as they're teaching each other are to how to, how to be a woman. Like this is the idea is older women, godly women are to teach other women, younger women, this is what it looks like to be a godly woman. Be self-controlled, pure, work at home, kind, submissive to their own husbands, that the word of God may not be reviled. And that's 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 the calling of the text. That women are to specifically teach other women how to be a godly woman. And there's plenty of there's plenty of text out there. Proverbs chapter 31, I think of. There's there's great study that a woman can share with another woman on how to how to be a godly woman. I I don't and this is not to say that women can't study theology. I think that, that women should study the Bible. I think that women are set free in studying God's Word. When women study God's Word, they are more apt to live biblically under a submissive mindset. They're not willing to, they don't want to step outside of their husband's authority or protective um, umbrella, as it were. Because God's put the husband in a position where he is to protect the woman. And so I don't think that that is a, a bad idea whatsoever. I think that's actually a, 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 a helpful position for women to, to help one another and teach one another to follow after and, and to be submissive to God's word. And so another woman teaching another woman that. Now, like, like I can think of my mom. My mom talking to you, teaching you things from the scriptures. Yep. I mean, were there things that mom told you and talked to you about that you were like, oh, wow, I didn't, I didn't ever think about that? Yes. Yeah. I also think that, um, you know, you just, you're not going to convince people who don't understand scripture. It's hard to convince them. Unless oh, sure. they're this isn't easy when your mind is made up or you think you know the truth and you're outside of Christ. You can't, it's hard to get women to know this because of the culture that we live in. Um, what would you say it, the culture? To understand. What would you say the culture is today with, when it comes to women? Well, I mean, I think that women fought so long to be equal, and I don't believe, I mean, now it's even that not just equal, but women should be above men, and that men are stupid, and you just look at, um, look at ads on TV or whatever, they make fun of men or whatever, and so women have not only pushed to be equal to, like, in workplaces or wherever, but they've pushed to be above, and so that's the culture. The culture is that we're dumbing men down, and women are, you know. And honestly, I don't, I don't want to be 
equal to a man or above. Like, I want to be my own person. Like, we're giving, women are giving away their unique attributes and qualities um, that were, honestly, you know, they were God-given, and we've forfeited those. Mm-hmm. To be, try to be equal with a man and there's so many things women can do that men can't do so I think that people just have the wrong mindset going in that we're, yeah. by saying that we're going to submit that we're lower or whatever actually no we're really giving you guys the harder job and you guys are allowing us to quote unquote take it easy or you know not really take it easy but um <laughs> I don't know how to say this. Um, men, if they're leading right and leading biblically, they're allowing the women to to not have to the major worries and they're stresses not worry the, of the yeah. This I and mean, this is one of the things that men, when you you should be the primary. And I'm talking to Christian men because the Christian men in the church today are historically just as bad as pagan men when it comes to going to church. Men don't want to go to church. And then you know what happens? Women by default start taking the leadership roles because the men aren't there. Go into your normal average church. It looks like it is effeminate to the core. And I know that's going to offend some ladies, but it's the truth. The reason men don't come into church it's because they're not they, they most men don't view church as their responsibility responsibility they view church and religion as well that's for the women and the kids what am i supposed to do i'm going to work hard well okay yeah you are to work hard but you're also called by god to shepherd the flock that god's put in front of you and that means not just shuffling them out the door to go all right get get in the truck and go to church i'll see you guys when i see you We'll see you at noon, noon 30. No, you as the father are to wake up early, get your family in order and ready for worship. And listen, I say this from experience and it's not always easy. In fact, it's easier to get my kids up on Saturday mornings to go get coffee and hang out and go get breakfast than it is on Sunday mornings to be like, all right, hey, we're going to go go to church. It gets exhausting sometimes because my kids have sin natures. Then they're like, oh, I just want to stay in bed a little longer. And I'm like, no, we got to get out. We got to get dressed. We got to get our minds right. I, I, I wake up early, play worshipful, gospel-centered music um, because I want to set the tone. God has put it in my my lane to set the spiritual tone for my house on Sunday mornings. And if men aren't doing that, women have to do that. And men, it's a struggle. I've had conversation after conversation after conversation with women who say, man, I, I, man it's just a struggle to get my kids to even want to go to church anymore because dad doesn't want to even go. Uh, he stays at home. And my kids, yeah, of course kids are going to do what the kids want to go do what dad does. Dad's not in church. I want to stay home too. He's staying home and just relaxing. I don't want to have to get up and go to that building. And so what happens is women turn the building into a feminine building. 
And so when men walk in, they're just like, they see doilies everywhere and they see, you know, flowers. Sometimes you, the fake flowers and then sometimes they're real. And there's not a, there's not a masculine tone there. Men should be planning and putting the masculine mark on the church. Church should look masculine because men should be leading the church. Women should be in the church worshiping the Lord with their husbands. And the elders should be setting the tone, not only spiritually, but like it, it should look manly. Like, I believe that church should look manly. And that is a, that's an uphill, that's like climbing Everest naked. Like, it is, like, that's a tough one in the world today. Because you've got a group of women who, man, I remember that the lady at my dad's church, man, she was in charge of the flower room. And, man, you didn't touch the flower room. And she would berate anybody that tried to go in there. I had one, I remember one time a woman lost her mind on my dad, who was the senior pastor, the elder of the church, one of the, one of the elders of the church. He went in and got a spoon out of the kitchen. That woman berated my father in such a way that it was unbiblical and wicked. And because that, and she said, that's my territory, not yours. <laughs> that. That's the culture that we've put out there. But your dad handled it. He right? did handle it well. Like he had every right to just go up one side and down of that other woman. But listen, this is what I've, I've told some friends of mine who, who are pastoring churches that are just historically, most churches aren't doctrinally sound and they've been for decades shepherded poorly and they don't know what they don't know. And so when you come in with sound doctrine and say, okay, this is the direction we want to start going, people freak out. Like one of the things that I did at my church, and I'll own it because I've had conversations with multiple people about it. When I walked into our church, and this is what, and I know that nobody in my church has had any intentions other than, man, we want to honor the Lord. But there were pictures of Jesus everywhere in the, in the building. And historically, that's been they've been there for decades, for decades, because that's what we've allowed. That is specifically breaking one of the Ten Commandments. The Scripture says in the Ten Commandments, there will be no graven image of God. Mm-hmm. That is a specific black and white, do not have a picture or a graven image of God on display. You would not break any, you wouldn't willfully say, okay, you know what? Uh, I know the Bible says don't murder. I know this, the, one of the Ten Commandments is don't murder. But you know what? I'm just going to set that one aside. I'm going to murder occasionally. You wouldn't do that. But what we, we, we've classified these and say, well, they, this one's not that bad. This one's not that bad. If God says don't put a graven image of me up on the wall, don't do it. And so one of the first things I did when I came in there, I took images of Jesus down off the wall. Now I caught heat for that. And I had to I had to teach and say, "Listen, here's why. It's you're very much breaking one of the 10 commandments. Having an image of the Lord Jesus on display. First of all, he wasn't a white European guy. That's number 1. You got the wrong picture of him. Number 2, God says don't make a graven image. I'll go as far as to say, "Listen, Movies like The Passion of the Christ, that was a it was a horrible film. 
I know people, oh my gosh, how, how can that be a horrible film? Number one, it was not biblically accurate. Number two, it was a graven image of the Lord Jesus Christ. Bad things. Don't do that. You don't need a picture. God says don't do that. So when you, when you have been led for decades by pastors who maybe have good intentions but don't have good theology, you tend to get problematic issues in the church. And what happens is you have women running the church. And that is a sign of God's judgment, not of God's blessing. Because the scriptures are very clear that men are to be driving um, and running the thing because God put men in charge. Like that's that's what it is specifically. In fact, I, I made a note oh, just uh, not too long ago that I thought was, I just wrote this down and I said specifically, oh, of course, and now I can't find it. Isn't that just fantastic when you can't find... You want to... Hold on. Ah, here it is. Biblically focused male elder-led leadership is how the church is designed by God. For his glory and for the church's good and protection. And for edification of the saints. Churches that stray from this design or model are, are actively against God's directives in the scriptures. So, biblically focused, male elders is how God laid this out. The qualifications are husband of one wife. That, that is husband that, that, that is what a elder should be. Husband, men, males. And this is the, another reason I believe that there's the, the attack on genders. And, and the, the role of gender in the church. Um, I, I think it's... that's God is very, defin, very definitive when it comes to Male and female, and what they are, what their roles are, what they're supposed what they're supposed to be doing, and if there's one thing that the enemy wants to do, he wants to destroy God's designs, and he's trying to do a bang up job. But I, you know, listen, the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. Um, God's church will will prevail. So, I hope that this has been helpful. Um, probably gonna catch some heat, but that's okay. Um. I hope it's been edifying and helpful. Anything you want to say in closing? You're here. No, I mean, I just... It's okay to wrestle with what Scripture says. It's okay to Absolutely. kind of have your feathers ruffled. It's okay, like God's not going to disown you or whatever, but ultimately you've got to dig in and read it for yourself and um, do a little research and... Just like I said, if it if it ruffles your feathers, dig in, try to figure out context, try to figure out what it's saying, and seek help from someone if you don't understand it. But ultimately, you have to align yourself with God's word. If you don't change the word to fit your 
personal narrative. That's right. You change yourself to align with scripture. Amen. Okay. Thanks for being on the podcast. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Love you. Diversified Systems Resources is a technology company based in Bartlesville, Oklahoma, that's been in business for 39 years. Are you looking for a stable employer, clean office environment, fun teammates, and a day that is always new and exciting? Then email us your resume today at dsrjobs at dsrglobal.com. DSR, we deliver technology.